0: Good
1: evening, Indiana football fans. This is the Hoosier Huddle Podcast uh, coming to you finally after another Indiana win uh, here on a chilly and maybe snowy Monday night here in Indianapolis. I'm your host, Sandy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman. We'll break down Indiana's 34-32, uh, come from behind but had a big lead uh, win on Saturday, we'll preview Indiana's trip to number four Michigan. On Saturday, and talk about all um, all things Indiana football. TJ, uh,
2: how are you? Doing well. Yeah, things uh, things just feel much better after a win, don't they?
1: Yeah, they do, and it, you know, especially after a win like that, where ninety nine yeah. times out of a hundred, that's a game Indiana loses, and they kind of. They flipped the script a little bit. Indiana came out; they had a 16-point second-half lead. Maryland came back against a uh, with the with the big rushing attack. Uh, that was pretty good. That Anthony McFarland kids pretty uh, pretty darn good, and you could see why Alabama and Penn State wanted him. But uh, you know, yep. once Maryland scored that touchdown, it was. Uh oh, here we go again from a lot of the fan base. And uh, to come back, uh, kick that field goal, strip the ball from Tyrell Pigram and and win that game, uh, I think is a is a big step forward in the just the mental well being of this program. Had they lost that, you know, either missed the field goal or uh, you know allowed a game winning score on that final drive, it just that might have been the final stake uh, in the heart or the nail in the coffin for a lot of uh, the Indiana fan base who is still uh, following uh, following the team. But to, co- to come back like that, it was just it, – it needed to happen, and and it did. And, and that's – you feel good for the guys on the field. Uh, you feel good for the coaching staff. And uh, just, you know, it was a win where Indiana threw the ball downfield finally. I don't know if they, they've been reading our stuff or – Listening to the podcast but uh for weeks we've been saying throw it downfield guys are open and uh they did uh Ramsey only completed 16 passes but he averaged 50 I think 15.2 yards per completion which if you're only going to complete uh 16 passes I'm fine with 50 you know I'm fine if it's downfield uh that that's that's the way to go Stevie Scott had a nice game couple big runs um, finished with hundred and three yards he 's closing in on that thousand yard mark defense mm-hmm. the, the tackling wasn't great, but they you know it's a young defense they they forced their takeaways and got them and and held in the red zone where Maryland has been so good uh putting the ball in the end zone in the red zone and that that was the difference in the game with seventeen points off of turnovers uh for Indiana and holding Maryland to four field goals. Uh, and that's the difference of the game is kind of like Indiana going up to, to Minnesota and settling for three field goals up there. Uh, you don't like giving up 32 points a game uh, and 30 points a game on the season, uh, but you got to limit the damage. And, and, and Indiana did that. They got that fifth win. Uh, and now everything you want to play for is on the table in terms of, uh, of a bowl game. I, uh, you know, in the last two seasons. So you're playing meaningful November football for the fourth year in a row. And frankly, as an IU football fan, that's all you could ask for right now is playing meaningful football in November and having that last game against Purdue means something more than the bucket. What are your takeaways uh, from the, from the Maryland win?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it was such an odd game. Um, because really, uh, Indiana did things that uh, we had not really seen them consistently do all season, um, which, which was nice. You know, we kind of one of the things that I was hoping to see was just, hey, do different things. Uh, and, and that's what they did. We saw it in the kickoffs. Uh, Indiana, um, you know, switched from just consistently kicking deep. To uh, pooch kicks, and uh, I, I was surprised by how long it took Maryland to adjust to that. Um, you know, thank you for that, but uh, they should have brought their uh, brought their return man up, you know, further up the field as opposed to having their up man fair catch an uh, attempt to return far quicker than what they did. The one time they did it, um, it went for a very long return. So. <laughs> I don't think I use kick coverage woes are fixed by any means, but they, uh, you know, they they planned around it and were able to to make that work for most of that game. Uh, we've been asking for deep throws and just some changes on offense, and that's what happened. Uh, Ramsey took deep shots consistently down the sideline, um, and credit where it's due. Some of those deep balls were really nice throws. Uh, you know, they weren't 50 yard bombs, but they were. Uh, They were nice throws, and they gave Indiana's receivers a chance to make plays, and for the most part, that's what those guys did. Uh, Donovan Hale and Nick Westbrook uh, both had nice games, so that was good to see. Uh, The running game stepped up. Uh, It was a solid complementary piece. You know, the offense just – the numbers were good per play, Um, uh, but they They just just weren't on the field all that much. Um, No, it was – time of possession was essentially, uh, you know, two to one uh, in favor of Maryland. Um, And that's, you know, when you look at those rushing numbers, it's not hard to see why Um, the time of possession was what it was. Uh, McFarlane, Johnson, Ty Pigram, when he came in, uh, Leak, Javon Leak, essentially whoever they gave the ball to was uh, finding some success. And uh, that's concerning. For sure, um, you know you have to question with the defense. It's so young. Um, have those guys hit a wall? It's it's gonna, you know, see diminishing returns for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, well, I, I that's think a, Tom Allen that's said a fair, something. interesting to bring up.
1: Uh, Tom Allen said something interesting in the post game. They kind of switched their scheme around on defense. And Yeah, yeah you can I, they had yeah. The, the, the bye week, but they were trying not to get beat deep and beat by the big play, which is when Maryland gets those explosive, really explosive plays, I know they had like 16 or 17 explosion plays by my count, which I count runs that are 10 yards and over and passes that are 15 yards and over as explosion plays, but they didn't want that home run play uh, and, and Maryland didn't really get it outside of two. There was a leak run for touchdown uh, that he would have scored if they ran that play from from uh, their own one yard line. That's probably a touchdown. But yeah, uh, and then the, the the slant route that set up the the Maryland go ahead touchdown. Other than that, they kept the ball in front of them. While they did give up, you know, over 300 yards on the ground. Uh, I, I think that was by design on you know you, you look at all these gaudy numbers in, in yardage there's one set that actually counts and and that's points on the board and and indiana put up more than yeah. maryland now you're gonna have to to fix the tackling um you know yeah you right. a lot of people diving at at ankles um i wouldn't even say they were broken tackles they were just you know, whiffs or, uh, you know, just ankle biters that, that didn't make a difference in in their rushing attack. But you could see that the emphasis on takeaways is, uh, you know, IU ranks fourth in the nation in, in takeaways this year, and it was a, a an emphasis all throughout fall camp and spring practice. Yeah, uh, It was a team that struggled in that last year. So while the defense is giving up yards, it, it's kind of a, a boom or bust uh, type of defense. If, if they're not taking the ball away, uh, you know, last year they were forcing three and outs. Uh, now they're giving up, um, you know, th- they get the ball back, but, uh, when they don't force a takeaway, it usually results in, in points for the other team.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I did hear that, uh, from Tom Allen and, um, I, you know, uh, that was noticeable. Um, and I, I, I think that was the right way to play Maryland uh, because if you are too uh, aggressive, uh, they have the speed at tailback, particularly with McFarlane and Johnson, which Johnson was uh, limited in that game. But with McFarlane, uh, he's got the the speed to, if you take a wrong angle, he's gone. And I, I completely understand it. It ended up being successful, uh, based on stopping them in the red zone, but um, you know you can call that bend, but don't break. I guess uh, I use run defense ended up, I guess bending like a pretzel. I suppose you would say. I mean they they bent as much as you possibly could without breaking. And in the end, like you said, the only stat that mattered was they just gave up. Uh, you know they gave up just enough points. Uh, to get that victory. Um, I I do think that uh, you probably don't plan on tackling that poorly and you don't plan on having time of possession be as warped as it was. Um, So those didn't go according to plan, but I think, uh, I think the kickoff strategy, I think that went pretty much according to plan as well as they hoped it could have. And then I I would say that uh, obviously limiting the, major explosive plays while Maryland did have quite a few longer plays. They didn't have that many that were, um, you know, your, your 50, 60 yard touchdowns. They didn't have any of those. So you forced Maryland to convert in the red zone and and they were unable to do so for touchdowns, uh, just often enough. Um, and then, yeah, you were able to force those takeaways, which uh, you're able to, to capitalize on for a decent number of points. Um, you know, in, in terms of uh, in terms of just just Maryland, that worked. Uh, but the tackling, uh, particularly against it in the open field against a running back, and I, I noticed this quite often with guys, um, either linebackers or defensive backs that that were isolated one on one on the outside against McFarland, uh, diving for his ankles. It didn't work to get those tackles. Well, I mean, those tackles aren't going to stop Keron Higdon next week or this week against Michigan, and they're not going to stop E.J. Knox against Purdue. Uh, those guys are both strong enough to run through those types of tackles, so that is obviously a big area of concern moving forward. Um, but I, I do just want to laud the players for sticking in there. Um, it was a cold day. Uh, probably did not feel too bad to the players on the field cold day in Memorial stadium. And the Hoosiers had to, had to play through that. And it was, uh, you know, like you said, that was a game that um, not just statistically, but just from a narrative perspective, um, it certainly felt in the stands uh, that, you know, here we go again, Indiana gives up a lead um, and, and loses a game that, Uh, you know, they needed to win. And then when Maryland scores, and even after Indiana scored, there was a feeling of inevitability um, that, you know, we're not sure how it's going to happen, but we know what's going to happen. You know, is Maryland going to kick a field goal as time expires? Are they going to complete a big pass, which they haven't really been able to do all day? Are they going to, you know, break a couple of tackles and get get themselves into – into the end zone with the long run, you know how's it going to happen? Uh, weren't sure about that, but it felt fairly certain that uh, the Terrapins were going to find a way to get back out in front uh, as game ended. But like you said, Indiana flipped the script on that one, and uh, it felt it felt like an important um, an important event that happened uh, just for the the mental health of of the program and something that you hope is able to carry over, uh, that IU can take confidence from that and say, look, uh, we were the ones that were able to make the plays this time. You know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a failure to make that one or two plays to change the game, uh, and having it happen against you. It was this time, we're going to be the ones that make that play, uh, and and kudos to, to the defense for stepping up and getting those takeaways. Um, you know, I'll ask you, obviously, the big decision at the end of the game. Uh, Indiana faces a fourth down um, in scoring range, but, you know, not – and I don't remember the time that was left on the clock. It's uh, 2.52. But they ran the play I clock down. 2.52. So, we'll say under three minutes. You know, they're at the, what, the 25, 26? Is that right? I think the 27-yard uh, line. 40, 40 four-yard field goal, so the 27, and it's a fourth and short, uh, but not an automatic, you know, not one where you would feel extremely confident about just, you know, sneaking and punching it forward a half a yard and getting the first down. So, uh, you know, Tom Allen elects to um, run the play clock down, call timeout, and then kick the field goal, and Logan Justice nails it uh, to give Indiana the eventual, you know, eventual game-winning score. Um, I know that there was uh, some disagreement on what the Hoosiers should do in our in our Hoosier huddle group chat or group text, uh, you know, during the game. And uh, I could tell you sitting in the stands, there was uh, disagreement from fans. A lot of, you know, go for it was, was being called out. Uh, and I think part of that is just the, feeling that you didn't want to give Maryland any time with the ball. So uh, what do you think of the decision from Tom Allen um, to to kick that field goal? And obviously, you know, kudos to Logan Justice as he continued to be uh, reliable. Um, And I think proving that Tom Allen had every right to trust him uh, with that big kick, and, and he nailed it. There was no doubt about that one. So credit to him for that. But what do you think of the decision? Uh, and if Tom Allen were to do something different, uh, you know, what would you have have seen him proceed with? So kind of take over if you go back, try to put yourself in. uh, At the time the decision was made, obviously now we can say, well, great decision, you know, Um, because it it worked out. But what do you think?
1: Yeah, it was the right decision because it worked out. Um, If he'd missed the field role, you know, then you'd you'd say, well, he should have went for it. Um, My gut call, if I had to make the call on the field as a coach, I probably would have gone for it. But there's a reason I'm not coaching college football. Um, It would have been, to me, uh, there was a lot of time left on the clock Uh, He clearly had more faith in his defense than I did. Um, Maryland had just marched down the field, scored a touchdown. Uh, I probably would have gone for it or at least tried to draw him offside as Tom Allen said postgame. They've tried that before and it has backfired. Uh, So, you know, he's learned from that mistake. I think taking the points wasn't the safe play because it wasn't a gimme field goal either, especially in that weather. Uh, And and Logan Justice has been a pleasant surprise this year. Uh, It it was a battle, all a camp between him and and Charles Campbell, and he came out, and that's going to be something to watch uh, going forward is the battle between Charles Campbell and Logan Justice. I think next year, I think Justice has one more year left, and you bring in Charles Campbell on scholarship, uh, to kick, and he was, you know, one of the top five or, you know, top five kickers in the country coming out of high school. Uh, but I, just with the time left on the clock, I thought that they were going to go for it, uh, and and try and get the first down, bleed the clock down. I think Maryland only had two timeouts left, uh, bleed the clock down, uh, and you'd probably get it under a minute. Let's see if you take two timeouts, it could, yeah, about get it about uh, under two minutes, um, you know, maybe a minute and move that field goal a little bit closer. But you know, when it's all said and done, they kicked the field goal, they made it, they got the stop on defense, uh, and and it was the right call. The what annoyed me. About it was the the fans were clamoring run a play run a play as they were running the timeout and that's something that on that drive that Indiana didn't do well I think twice after that Stevie Scott long run twice to use tempo and snap the ball with 0.2 seconds left on the clock on each time uh, and, and those are that's 40 seconds you know 40 seconds 50 seconds uh, you can run off the clock there and, and you could go no huddle tempo and, and fake snap and all that. I, I get using tempo if you're down on the other side of the field, but when you're, I think Scott's run, got him down to the 33 or 34 or something uh, when you're that close with that much time left, take your time, get the play you need to. And, and um, if you're comfortable kicking a field goal there, kick the field goal. So that, that I thought was, maybe they could have done better, but that, you know, they they kicked field goal one got, got the fumble. So I'm not going to pick apart Tom Allen's decision. Uh, I did think that they were going to go for it. Uh, I understand why fans wanted to go for it, but if he went for it and missed it, they would have skewered him. Uh, That would have been, ah, that's a terrible coaching mistake. How do you not kick the field goal there? So, you know, it's damned if you do damned if you don't uh, type of thinking there, but. You know, I thought it ended up being the right call. I'm not going to kill him over it. Uh, either one would have been okay with me. Uh, you know, it, he he made field goal. That's what kind of, if he missed it, it would have been, you know, it would have been nice to be, you know, five or six yards closer. Uh, but Logan Justice, to his credit, uh, kicked the ball through the uprights and, and is having a pretty special season.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I'd agree with all that. Um, you know, it was a, a tough call for Tom Allen to make. Um, I mean, statistically speaking, uh, you were in a range where it was really a toss-up between what was the quote-unquote right move, which, you know, those stats do not take into – I mean, they can't. The percentages, they don't take into a, account uh, the confidence you have in your kicker, Um the, the game the you know the flow of the game, uh, how you feel about your things into account, but just strictly from a numbers perspective, um, you know that's truly a toss up on whether or not to go for that thing um, and i you know one thing to keep in mind is um, I feel uh, fairly confident um, that I know what the play would have been if i u was going to go for it uh, yeah, and I for think Steven Maryland knows what the play me. call would have been. Yeah, I think Maryland knows what the play call would have been. Now, uh, you know, IU was was consistently getting uh, three or four yards uh, on those runs, and then, you know, Scott would bust out uh, his longer runs once or twice. I think he had maybe two or three that, that game that were uh, longer than that. But he was consistently getting three and four yards a pop. So uh, that's not to say it wouldn't have worked, but, you know, I – we would have seen, you know, um, anything different than than a handoff to Scott up the middle, which is somewhat understandable, but uh, I'm glad we did not go down that path. Um, So looking ahead, uh, you know, you're kind of looking now, I mean, realistically speaking, uh, very little that happens in Ann Arbor on Saturday. Uh, is likely going to be of much importance, unless we're talking injuries. Um, We have to be realistic here. I know the players are going to go up there to win. I know the coaches are going to go up there to try to win. Um, uh, Look, realistically, even if Michigan was significantly worse than what they are, uh, it's just not a place that IU goes and, and wins. Um, no, they haven't won up there since nineteen
1: sixty-seven. And,
2: 1967. and yeah, you know, and and I, hate, the... I hate, to
1: to feed the conspiracy theorists, but you have a showdown for the Big East title next sure. week in, yep, in uh, in Columbus. That you you know the Big Ten wants, uh, you know, a, a winner take all game, ne- uh, and and needs it, and they need Michigan to go yep. to the the playoff and all those things so i i will bet anybody uh any fake amount of money that indiana does not get a 50 50 call up in ann arbor they never get it and i think this year nope. is a year that they particularly don't get it because and i hate saying it but it is a realistic argument that the big 10 plays favorites uh when it comes to officiating and, and um sure. that they, they favor those those big-name schools, they favor the money, and I don't know if Jim Delaney makes a call, uh, but you you could uh, you could bet that Indiana's not going to get a, a favorable call on a, on a 50-50 play uh, next week. I think going into Ann Arbor, the, the biggest thing is just get out of there healthy. Uh, you know anybody yep. who's nicked up? You know you're you okay. missing Raquan Jones last week, which I think was a big reason why IU struggled in that run. He's the quarterback of that defense. Uh, you lost Michael McFadden during the game. He should be back. Jacob Robinson, I think, played only one one play or one series and and went back out. I and yeah,
2: know, that's
1: unfortunate
2: too.
1: It's unfortunate because that burns his red shirt if he did have anything. Yep. thought about red shirting and then um you know Wop's now out for the season uh they they announced that today uh with some sort of injury uh, un- apparently unrelated to his ankle uh so we'll see uh we'll see about that and then just get out of there healthy Get you know this might be a game if you fall behind big at halftime you, you might see uh multiple will come in and play. You got to keep Ramsey healthy and not banged up for Purdue to where he could use his legs. This uh you got to be healthy going at Purdue cuz that's your shot. That's your your shot at a bowl game. Yep. Uh to get the bucket back and to get all this momentum back. So you, you got to get out healthy. You know, use your running backs, use your depth at running back, use Ricky Brookins at running back, use uh Majette at running back. Uh you know, Ronnie Walker, too, needs to be fed the ball a little bit. As good as Stevie Scott has been, you need him 100% too. And this defense is nasty. Uh, you know, maybe use some of these young receivers uh, like Jacoby Hewitt um, and guys who still have you know, games eligible uh, and still eligible to Richard and to keep Donovan Hale healthy and to keep um, – you know Nick Westbrook healthy and all those guys uh, as healthy as they can be going into Purdue. So that to me is the biggest thing in Michigan. And, and you know, just don't give up seventy points. And I and I hate saying that is, but don't go up there and get embarrassed. It's kind of like the Ohio State game in terms of just just go, play your game, play well. If you're getting your your tails kicked at halftime, pull your starters keep people healthy, uh, maybe get some of these young guys uh, some reps at the big house uh, against a really good team, some valuable reps, and move on. Because the game that really counts is Purdue. Now, as, as big of an upset and as big of a win it would be to win up at Ann Arbor, uh, the the more important game is Purdue. And, you know, you're yep. I think FPI gives IU a 3% chance of winning. Uh, and things like that. So just get out of there healthy, uh, and put forth an effort that that you can hold your your head up high. And you know, Michigan's given up three touchdowns in three weeks, and they haven't given up more than uh, thirteen points in the last in, in like a month. Uh, and their last their last game that they gave up more than that was twenty one to Maryland. Uh, the the most points they've given up was 24 to Notre Dame all season, and that was the first first game of the year. So this defense is nasty. If Indiana's down by more than three touchdowns at halftime, I, personally, I would pull anybody who's nicked up um, and rest them, get them ready and healthy for Purdue, and uh, and play some of these young guys who need the reps, uh, and and yep. kind of use it as a, a, a scrimmage type game.
2: Yeah, I mean that—that that sounds, you know, defeatist, I suppose, but it's—it's uh, it's reality, uh, and I, I think it's it reality is, in the big Tenies. um Yeah, and I, I think it is the uh, honestly. I think that's the uh, I don't know what you'd call it. I, I would say the logical uh, and kind of correct decision to make um, is practical. I guess would be the word to, to use for it. Um, Indiana there have been the past few years where I think the Hoosiers uh, have played Michigan equal or uh, have been the the slightly better team than the Wolverines Um, this Michigan team is is quite a bit different Uh, watching them um, all year and uh, just for as a it won't be fun on Saturday but just as a, a matter of watching uh, a player kind of takes full advantage of his physical gifts uh, and play with just a, a level of effort, uh, and I guess the, in football parlance you'd say a motor, just watch Chase Winovich play. Uh, I mean, he, he gets after it, and it, it is a lot of fun to watch if you're a neutral um, or I'm sure if you're a Michigan fan. Uh, as an IU fan, it's probably not going to be much fun, but, uh, you know, Chase Winovich is an example of what that defense does. He is in constant attack mode. That's what Michigan does. Um, you know, they're going to be coming after Peyton Ramsey hard, and it's going to be very important, uh, for the IU offensive line, um, to do their best for the play calling to set Ramsey up for some type of success. Uh, because if you sit him back there and let him be a, a target, uh, that Michigan front is going to get him, uh, and they're, they're going to they're gonna put him in the ground. And uh, Don Brown is certainly one of the best defensive coordinators uh, that, that's in the game. And on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, Michigan's opened things up on offense some. They're still uh, going to rely on that run game, and Karan Higdon and Chris Evans both going to get a lot of work. Um, You'll see in short yardage situations They're going to hand it off to their fullback And it's going to work more times Than not Uh, And then Shea Patterson at quarterback He has been better In the last month than I Anticipated him being I thought he started out uh, very shaky But really it seems like They have kind of figured out what he does Well uh, and they've incorporated Some of that into their attack And he's adjusted his game uh, some to to match what Michigan needs. Um, you know, they have an offense that knows when they go out there, we have a few priorities. Number one, do not put our defense in a bad position with bad turnovers, uh, protect the ball. And, and number two, uh, you know, they can afford to play the field position games. They don't have to take chances on offense. However, that defense has given them the liberty uh, to, to open things up somewhat. And they've got some downfield weapons that can hurt you. Um, you know, the only thing that they are really lacking, uh, in my opinion, on offense is, you know, a, a kind of a tight end that can really hurt you. They don't have that. Uh, they do use their tight end some, but they don't have one that can really hurt you. Uh, but they've got everything else uh, that, that you'd like to have from a good offense. Uh, and then certainly their defense is championship material. So um, for about a month now, I've projected uh, Michigan coming out of the big 10 and being the four seed in the college football playoff and taking on Alabama. Um, the, the Michigan is a, is an incredibly good team and IU would do very well, as you said, just to get out of there healthy, forget about the Michigan game as soon as it's over uh, and turn all your attention towards the Boilermakers. makers.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, I I hate putting it that way, but uh you you got to you can't you, you got to lose the battle or win the war. Uh so to speak and and going up there it's 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 going to be it's going to be tough and if you're hanging around at halftime, sure, go for it, but there there's no point if you're down, you know, four touchdowns going going into half you got to seriously think about about taking uh, Ramsey out of the game and and putting somebody else in because God forbid he gets hurt uh, without Michael Penix there. I don't know if Reese Taylor is um, going to be good enough to put up points against Purdue uh, alone. Now maybe in a package uh, he'll be fine but to ask him to make a a start against uh, Purdue in the final game of the year while he hasn't taken a snap during a game at quarterback uh, all year, that's asking the impossible. So you've got to protect your guys uh, and and things like that. But Michigan's really, really good. They're better than I thought they were. They're on their revenge tour, uh, so to speak. And, you know, maybe catch them looking ahead to Ohio state uh, doubtful because I think they're going to be focused on all these games, especially being in uh, the thick of the playoff race and really having no margin for error uh, with, right. with that loss to, to Notre Dame. They're going to need some style points uh, to stay, you know, for, for seeding and things like that. So, you know, I, I don't think they overlook Indiana and look ahead to um, to Ohio State, but maybe just maybe catch them on that one day, uh, and and you can make a game of it. But other than that, just you know, you don't sacrifice yourself against Michigan and sacrifice the season because your season is next the next week against Purdue. Um, Predictions for Saturday, TJ.
2: Well, um, I I firmly predict uh, Michigan to win. Uh, as far as the score goes, you know, a couple weeks ago I made a uh, made a comment that um, you know I, I didn't know if Indiana would cross midfield against this Michigan defense. The way I use offense was looking, uh, I feel better about the offense now that they uh, finally integrated the vertical passing game and um, you know I I feel like everything that we had hoped it would look like certainly it did against Maryland Um, you know again I use offense ran just over 50 plays and uh, was well on its way to if they run their normal amount of plays or even close to it you know they're eclipsing 500 yards against the defense with the top 35 defense Uh, so I, I feel like Indiana's defensive backs are, are capable of going up against or any secondary, and uh, coming up with some plays. So I, I do think Indiana's going to be able to have a, a little bit of success on offense. Again, that's all relative against this defense, but uh, I think Indiana will be able to get on the board, uh, maybe a touchdown, a few field goals. So I'll say Indiana gets, um, uh, sure, we'll say 13, uh, Michigan, I think probably keeps it as stale and conservative as possible. Uh, They don't want to show Ohio State anything additional that they haven't already seen. Um, So I'll say Michigan puts up uh, 38, so we'll go 38-13. to The Wolverines very comfortably in a game that I think both teams would prefer to just get on the next week.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm right along there with you. I go 42. Michigan has won the last two games, uh, 42-7, I believe. Um, yep. yep. I, I don't see them going for the the trifecta, but I, I, I'm going to go 42-10. Yeah, Indiana gets a touchdown uh, with their deep passing game, uh, and and maybe a field goal. It's going to be tough sledding all day, so I'll go Michigan forty-two, Indiana ten. I think I don't want to say they're going to take the foot off break, but you're right; they're not going to, you know, show you know show too much of their hand uh, heading into Ohio State. You know that Michigan's frothing at the mouth uh, for that game, having not beaten them under hard ball, having a couple close calls you know, blowing a big lead last year, having a kind of a blown call the year before at Ohio State. And they know that this is their shot to go make some noise on the national stage uh, the next week. So I'm going to go 42-10. Hopefully, as we said many times before on the show, just get out of there healthy. Um, And I hate going up to Michigan personally. Uh, they're trying to screw me again on a parking pass. Apparently Michigan doesn't have a FedEx account that can't send it down to me. Uh, so I have to create a FedEx account and pay the $20 for them to send my parking pass down because Michigan is so in need of money. Not to mention that you have to pay $50 as media to park up there. Um, I, I, I Maybe they didn't sell all, all 108,000 seats this week, but um, yeah. So I don't like going up there, but it, it's a, it's a game that it's a fun venue uh, in terms of being at the big house, but it's, it's going to be a tough, tough game for Indiana. And you just do, it's kind of, uh, you know, kind of like the Ohio state game where you just you play well enough that you don't get embarrassed, but don't get hurt uh, and things like right. that. So, that does it uh, for this week's episode of the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Uh, I just want to give a a shout-out to Vintage Brand Sports. Our bingo game has been going very, very well. Uh, If you have bingo winners, remember to send them in uh, so we could give you credit and get you some raffles um, for some cool canvases and some cool vintage uh, sports stuff. They have a lot of cool things. The holiday season is coming up. Uh, The link is at the top of our page uh, to go there. If you have sports fans in your family or treating yourself to a Christmas gift uh, or a gift or any kind of gift this year, uh, check that out. Some really cool stuff uh, up there. So uh, thanks for joining me, TJ, and uh, hopefully we'll talk next week, get ready for for, uh, another big uh, bucket game that's uh, for the right to go to a bowl game.
2: Yeah, I know uh, both of us are already looking forward to that one. Uh, It's, uh, you know, deaths. I mean, obviously we prefer to have Indiana already with six and you're just trying to get to seven and uh, take back the bucket. It would be huge either way. But, um, you know, Purdue plays Wisconsin this Saturday. Uh, Wisconsin is definitely struggling. But, you know, let's say that the Boilers uh, somehow drop that game. Uh, at home and it dropped to five and six assuming Indiana loses you'll have both teams sitting at five and six looking to go uh you know looking to get that sixth victory to get to a bowl game um either way it's going to be a it's going to be a huge one and uh already looking forward to it but certainly I won't turn down an opportunity to see um see the Hoosiers on the field so you know it's certainly probably going to be ugly, uh, but you can take positives from individual performances and hopefully stay healthy for everybody uh, and get on to to the boilers. But we'll see. You just you never know. Maybe in the end, it's able to make it more competitive than uh, than what we're saying, and you feel even better about that Purdue game. We'll see.
1: Yeah, and we'll see, and uh, we'll talk about that Purdue game uh, next week. Oh and- yeah. And we'll put the fans on notice. Uh, Indiana needs – you want Indiana to go to a bowl game. You want that sixth win. You want a chance to get seven. Uh, Purdue showed up last year in the same situation. It's time. The ball is in your court. Uh, it's time to, to put your money where it is and show up in, in the football team because bowl game is still on the table Uh bucket is still on the table and last frankly Purdue punked uh the IU fans uh, for the last couple of years um by turning out selling out that game uh at five and six uh, no excuse to to not go to the game they showed up at Thanksgiving so I know there's big rivalry between the fans they like to throw shots at each other it's uh Indiana's turn to uh to show out and show what they're all about and. And, uh, you know, kind of back up all the, the smack talk they they talk about Purdue because Purdue backed it up last year. Uh, and, and, frankly, all year this year, uh, even, you know, having great crowds when they were 0-3 uh, against Boston Cops and stuff like that. So, uh, balls in your court, Indiana fans going into Purdue. Uh, Indiana's next game is at Michigan, kicks off at 4 o'clock on Fox. Uh, Gus Johnson is on the call, and, and crazy things happen when Gus Johnson is on the call. So uh, don't rule out something crazy happened, but uh, it might be a long day for the Hoosiers uh, on Saturday. So once again, kickoff is at 4 o'clock in Ann Arbor. You can watch on Fox, uh, Channel 59 here in Indianapolis. Uh, you can also listen to Don Fisher on the radio, and uh, I will be doing stats with uh, Fish and Vuxor in, in the radio booth, so uh, if the stats are wrong, you could blame me, and uh, that's what they do anyway, uh, so I could take it, but um, hopefully everybody enjoys the game. Last two weeks of the regular season, playing meaningful football in November. All right, we'll be back next week. Check us out at HoosierHuddle.com. Also on Twitter, at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, if you're doing Christmas shopping, check out our Amazon ads. There are a lot of discounted Indiana uh apparel items there's a sweatshirt uh that I I just put up there uh, that's about $15 off fleece hoodie looks really comfortable vintage brands again also has good stuff for the sports fan in your family uh or yourself uh and uh, enjoy uh enjoy the final 2 weeks of, of the college football regular season cuz it's going to be a crazy one
0: Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Look around. You
1: can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating
0: right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro...